Give me, give me a minute, guys. Oh, he says moment. I already fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> give All right, me, let's, re- let's do it again. Give me a moment, guys. I have to think about my whole life before I podcast. <laughs> anyway, that's the end, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so it started, and I was born in New Bedford. And uh, sorry, the joke was that I was thinking about my whole life. And I was hoping to say like two words, and then everyone would laugh. And it was just staring at me. Really <laughs> I wanted to see you do more of the bit. I, I was, yeah, I thought that was more of a bit. I, I, I also was born in New Bedford, so I'm like, oh, I wonder where this is going to go. <laughs> it's just about me. It's about me. <laughs> uh, no. Okay. So, well, hey, as you guys know, I don't know how to start the podcast yet. So it'll either be bits, or I mean, probably it should be, but it's not always, or something along the lines of welcome to Late to the Movies. My name is Ben Holt, and this podcast where my friends and I get to fill in our movie blind spots. Each week, we'll pick a movie that either I or a guest hadn't seen before. This week, kicking off a new month, this May, is going to be Music Month. It's not musicals, and it's not musical biopics. It's either like a parody of musical <laughs> biopics, um, as is this episode, or movies that really heavily feature or are about music, but no musicals. That's my promise to you. Uh, this week, we're starting with Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. 2007, Jake Kasdan films, co-written by him and Judd Apatow. All right. And that's all the information I have on it. Um, just kidding. Left to right across your podcast. Now we got Bree. Hello. Sam. Music. And Vaz. Hello. Ben, Hello. my favorite uh, 14-year-old child. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your 12-year-old girlfriend. <laughs> um, yeah. Good month. Good. I'm looking forward to it. And that's before, all we have for this month. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> before, right, goodbye, everyone. <laughs> before we get into our first episode of the month on Walk Hard, um, I don't even really have to ask. I know we've all seen something recently that we all, all want to talk about, but can we... For, I'll say it in unison. I was gonna, okay, <laughs> sure. But first, um, I was, I think, benefited by not knowing that much about it going in. The movie I'm talking about is Bo is Afraid. So if we wanted to say it in unison, of course, but then um, give like, should you see this movie? And then we can talk about it more and I'll put a timestamp in there for when you can skip spoilers. Uh, Do you think people should go see it? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, definitely. I don't okay. know if you need to see it in theaters, but you probably should see it before you know what's going on. Uh, you should see it in IMAX. It's an I, it's an IMAX, <laughs> and it's funny that it is, and you should see it there. Yeah, I definitely probably would say IMAX. I would say theaters. I think there'd be less of an effect if you just watched it at home. I think, but either way, watch it. You yeah. need you need the other people around you to react. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. Yeah. There's a lot of fun awkward laughter. Uh, speaking of awkward laughter. Uh, I when I, when I was there, we had bought the tickets in advance. Me, Vaz, and Bree went together, uh, and they had bought the tickets. I wasn't really listening a ton. I was just like, "Yeah, I'll go." Yeah, and we. I think you even said like, "Don't invite Ben," right? Yeah, you specifically said, don't invite Ben. Yeah, that's pretty messed up. Yeah, <laughs> I was, we we were just followed Holty. Yeah, yep. fortunately, I didn't go by myself, so I didn't invite you guys either. So <laughs> I can't be that mad. <laughs> uh, but we it would have been so funny if you were at the same. Like, oh, this, ooh, <laughs> uh, uh, hey yeah, guys. <laughs> Um, but so like we walked in, me and Bree, uh, I went to get concessions and unfortunately came in, I don't know, like within a minute of it starting, but like it was already starting. So you're doing the awkward, like, Ooh, going to shift it. And we sat down and like, where I was watching it and I'm like 10 minutes went by and I just thought, Oh man, this screen's really big. I can't think of that many times where I have to like, look. You know, like literally turned my head side to and side. Of course, you guys were front row. Yeah, <laughs> but, but then, and then like thirty minutes in, I'm like, oh, this is an IMAX movie, and I'm a huge <laughs> dumbass. Yeah. 
<laughs> like I just completely <laughs> shut that out of my brain. Well, I was much bigger than I was expecting. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, there's a timestamp in the description, if I remember to put it there, where we'll skip spoilers. Uh, not that we're going to be like, and here's what happened next, because that's not the episode today, but uh, yeah, I've loved it. <laughs> <laughs> what a good movie. Uh, are we spoiling now? You can if yeah. you want. Spoilers. Run up, Pause right now. Okay. If you didn't pause, it sucks. It's uh, on you. <laughs> Uh, I, the first, the first, like, what hour? is it? First act. Yeah. First hour of this like movie. 40 minutes. Uh, I, was sitting in the, city? I was sitting in the chair thinking if this is what the whole movie is, I'm going to have to leave. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> like, a lot of people are saying that's their favorite part. Oh God. Uh, it was my favorite part. It was more stress inducing than the end of Barry. Oh sure. It's like, stress inducing, but it's so it good. Just, like, I was just sitting there like my heart was pounding and I was like, I don't know if I could do this. Yeah. yeah that first, that first act where he's still in the city. In my head, I was like, this is exactly what anxiety feels like. <laughs> I was like, this is this is literally what was in my head back when I still had like the the really bad anxiety issues. Uh, I was like, this is just it personified in a movie like this mm-hmm. chaotic. Uh, they they nailed it. Uh, I really Absolutely. love in the beginning when his suitcase gets stolen and he appeals to the janitor. You're like, fucked, buddy. Yeah, he says you're fucked, buddy, which yeah. is just the perfect example for how, like, oh, it gets a microcosm of how you feel when you're that stressed out about something. Yeah. <laughs> just like, why would you say that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's great. And then Amy Ryan and Nathan Lane come in. Oh, yep. Just the palate cleanser I needed. <laughs> just Nathan Lane just coming in to tuck me in at night. <laughs> <laughs> calling him my guy and stuff. Oh, so good. Yeah, he he stole the show when he was on screen. Yeah, I love Nathan Lane. I don't I think, was there anything Nathan Lane did in the whole movie that was like negative? Like other than gaslighting a little bit, but like he was never, I don't think he was ever like shouting or causing physical harm. Maybe no, extending no, but he, he, he put on stress on Bo. Yeah, he did put some stress yeah, on Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of gaslighting. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the implication is that all these people are just like tests set up by his yeah. mom. Yeah, just yeah. all right. actors. Oh, that's yeah. true, too. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, it's definitely a big spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, what do you mean? His mom's dead. What are you talking about? <laughs> both, both actresses that played his mom, so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The actress who I always forget her name, but only remember her is... Zoe Council- Lister-Jones. Councilwoman Fawn Moscato from yeah. New Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously, Patty Lapone also. When the part on the... Oh, sorry. When the part on the... Um, boat started i really was like i don't think i want to watch uh fawn moscato <laughs> fuck her son because that's kind of the vibe it was giving off yes that is absolutely the vibe but now not what happens not what happens that kid not cgi he just looks like that <laughs> i love that trend of people thinking he's not real and him being on tiktok being like nope th- that's just my face <laughs> i mean he does look like what you'd imagine a very small yeah, Joaquin so Phoenix uncanny, would look like, yeah. despite the fact that Joaquin Phoenix was famous when he was young, <laughs> so you can see what he looked like. <laughs> yeah, oh, just, man. Uh, great movie. Uh, I don't. I think the only part of the movie that I'm really wasn't into at all was that very prolonged uh, section of the show, like play within the play, where they're just kind of going over a fake life for Bo that mirrors some of what's happening already in yeah. the movie. So my thing, I don't know the answer to this, but is that a joke? So because the whole time, you know that that guy's never had sex. Yeah. And it's a great punchline. At yes. the end. Like, even yeah. though, you know, it's coming and it, and you they know, take it's coming so long or before that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's supposed to be like, if he stopped being so worried, that was supposed to be like the projected life. Yeah. Um, so it's a, 
it's like a almost like a cruel joke. I think it's supposed to be where it's like, oh, if you want, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, or yeah, where it's supposed to be like, oh, if you stopped being so paranoid, or if you look at it this way, if uh, you if your mother wasn't the way that she was, uh, this could have been your life. <laughs> yeah, because he breaks the his chains before he even goes on like that journey right. of his yeah. exactly, great life. which is the yeah. his well, mother is the the chain. Yeah, actually, he spends most of that life uh, searching for his uh, kids. Yeah. Yes. Ultimately, yeah. Um, right. Um, yeah, they the whole thing with his mom, like I that's like a, probably my favorite part of the movie is that you it's my interpretation anyway. You never really know what is really happening or what's just like an exaggeration of his paranoia. Um, and I think yes. that's just great. Like there's some things that are just so um surreal that it's like they portray it kind of realistic, but then there's something just wacky, like the intruder that's like on the ceiling. Like who could have, <laughs> who could have stayed there and stayed that long? And, and the then spider tumbling. on him, <laughs> and the spider. Like it's stuff that it's like he's definitely exaggerating the situation because he's paranoid. Yeah, I, I like that. It never gives a clear answer to right. is this the world that he lives in or is it just how he's perceiving it? But it's our world, right? And it never answers that, which I appreciate. Um, my favorite part of it's the Parker Posey section. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is yeah. fantastic. Oh my god, her face when like I know it's like literally <laughs> the end, but the fucking smash cut to her face, like everyone in the theater knows she's dead. Yes, like it's everyone, very, it's you're, very yeah. clear. You're yeah. just waiting for the reveal and the fucking face. She has is so good. The smash cuts to the dead faces in this movie are jarring. Yeah. Like yeah. the girl when she kills herself with the paint is. Is wild. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I missed her <laughs> eyes. They were both, uh, Vaz and Brie were saying specifically how like uncomfortable and jarring her face was. And I was like, I don't know if I was just looking at Joaquin Phoenix. So I was like, oh, she's dead. I don't care. <laughs> like, that guy, like, yeah. She looks so face. dead. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, this is, this is the guy who, of course, also smashed cut to a decapitated young girl's head yeah, on the yeah. side of the road. Yep. Like, it's someone loses their head in every three, all three of his movies. Yep. <laughs> What's up with that? <laughs> he has to call his mom and maybe hates women. <laughs> no, he doesn't hate women. It's not always women, right? They smash that old guy's head. Yep. In Midsummer. In Midsummer. Uh, yeah. Spoilers for Midsummer for me. <laughs> it's not now your character. So. Now you're spoiling Midsummer. <laughs> there's there's a lot of death in Midsummer. Yeah. But um, specifically, no more head stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I, speaking of death, I really liked uh, with the the I'm going to call him the it's too hot. Uh, like guy in the street they cut to that guy being dead and you see like the wound on his neck and it's like one of those things like you're like mm, that's probably the spider but like I don't know and then like they slowly inch in the like the, the brown recluse like thing so you're like this is the spider the spider yeah. did this which is like a nice little nod to what's going to become a more apparent plot point in a second yeah and to, to finish our mini look at Bo is Afraid if you've been still listening even though you haven't watched it for whatever reason and I'm going to let this part run long because I feel like it's fair if I put in a timestamp where that you can mm. skip to. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think of the ending? Uh, I I really like Richard Kind, uh, but I was kind of like much much like Bill Hader when you only hear him on the <laughs> phone originally, and like that's Richard Kind. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm glad he eventually showed up in person. Yeah, uh, he. I think he did a great job. I think it made sense. I was. I after reading it after uh with all the symbolism and stuff I liked it a little more but during it I was kind of like all right fine <laughs> like you know it kind of just seemed like an abrupt ending that I didn't understand which was true at the time and then once I read more into it I was like yeah okay. 
Um, I also I really liked it. I it reminded me a lot of Scorsese endings where it uh, uh, puts a lot of onus on the audience of just like all the people watching this mm-hmm. uh, and how we per- are. Perhaps the most on- onus ever put on an audience. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> like you're literally leaving the theater while the audience yes. in the movie. Yep. Is yep. It, it shows you a stadium seating like, you know, and they're in the dark with like a projector light. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Very meta. Fucking boom. <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah. I, I loved that ending. Like it was, um, the way that I it ended with him. I still that Bo was going to get out of this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. Um, yeah, the way that like it ends with him just kind of like letting go, um, and kind of ending the way it started because I looked, because again, we weren't there like at the very beginning, but apparently it starts with him being born. So it's like, oh, he returns. Yes. It mm-hmm. ends how it started almost. Um, so yeah. it's, I, a, it's a POV of him being born. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I really liked how that ended. I think it was appropriate. I also like that his inner voice gets killed <laughs> or his uh, <laughs> argument Pencil voice. Whatever. Yeah. 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 Oh, gets, yeah. Gets straight midsummer. Yeah. Dumped on rocks. <laughs> and you see, like the rocks are like already covered in blood from something. <laughs> I also love how down the therapist was to just absolutely fucking steer that dude. <laughs> <laughs> like in the beginning, he does seem caring and his best friend. He like comes out. So he's excited. like, no, I was fucking with you yeah. the whole time. <laughs> it's just, for for some reason, I mean that dude's in so many things, but uh, I mean Stephen he, he, something Hendrick. Three, or, three names. Yeah, like, the uh, three names always throws me off. It's Stephen is his first one. Yeah, so we mean, all know Stephen. Yeah, Stephen. Uh, Ladybird. Uh, Loyal Mentat for the Atreides family that ends up working for the Harkonnens for so yeah, long. That's dude. in part two, but we know it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> now you're just spoiling <laughs> movies that haven't come out yet. That fuck's sixty years <laughs> old, bro, dude. <laughs> I know one person who's read every Dune book and he doesn't listen to this podcast. Robbie Robbie listens. Ah, shit. Damn it, Robbie. (laughs) And I know enough about the future. Well, that's, you know, that's coming out this fall. We'll talk about Dune when it comes out. Uh, But yeah, I loved Bo's Afraid. Are you keeping like uh, any kind of running list for your top movies of the year yet? No, I, I'm i actually going to wait until the end of the year to do oh, okay. it. Yes. I, um, I do mine as kind of like a running list. Yes. Uh, this I've, is very near the top. Uh, John Wick, I imagine, is number one, right? It is, yeah. Because I think that's the only five you've given so far this year. It is. Um, I, so I've... It's, after, it's nice to meet a fan. I'm yeah. oh. familiar with my work on Letterboxd. I keep up. Yeah. Uh, uh, I... Um, so after watching this, I was like, I don't know. Like, I want to watch it again, but I was like, I don't really want to watch it again. Uh, but after a few days away from it, I do want to watch it again. Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. sure I'll watch it again before the end of the year. Yeah, uh, yeah, my fair. rating, I'm sure, will change as well. Uh, I'll probably be more positive. Hopefully. Um, it could be no more negative. Who knows? Yeah. It's, it's to a whim. Um, but so far, it's it's ranking relatively high, considering okay. the list is not super, like, I think they're just Infinity Pool and uh, John Wick 4 above it. Okay, cool. I have this above Infinity Pool, which I don't know. I I, I want to revisit that one. We have a it didn't super uh, work for me. A diametrically opposed takes on those two movies, uh, Bo and Infinity Pool. Yeah, of there's been a decent amount of like straight horror movies, but the kind of sideways horror ish movies. Um, yeah, this one worked better than Infinity Pool for me. <laughs> I like. I'm the other way around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I We're know. not a couple. I'm Oscar. He's Felix. 
You no, think I'm, you're awesome. I've, I've never, never been accused of being famous. We are in a... I'm Jack Lemmon. He's Walter Matthau. Yeah, you just said you were Walter Matthau. No, okay. That's yeah, 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 no, no. From those reactions, I You're Tony Randall. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Stephen McKinley Henderson. Thank you. Thank you. you. <laughs> Yeah, the further I get from Bo is Afraid, the more I like it because I like one of my big things about movies is if I keep if I'm still thinking about it positively, um, then it's making a lasting in- a lasting impact, and that's when I consider it like really good. Um, like I love Midsummer because that got me fucked up for like three days. Nice. Like that that like I love that movie. Um, and Hereditary was really good too, and it's he's quickly becoming one of my favorite directors. Um, but yeah, I I love this movie, um, yeah. and I definitely rate it higher now than I did when I first saw it. Um, the way that you think about Bo is afraid is the way I thought about uh, Babylon when I first saw mm-hmm. it. I watched it and then I couldn't stop thinking about it, right. and then I had to yeah. see it again the next week, uh, and then I was like, yeah, th- th- I love this movie. Yeah. I yeah I think that's a good way to put it. The ones all at the top of my list are ones that I watched and then it was like stuck with me. Um, we'll see by the end of the year so many other things are going to come out, but I think at least this and John Wick Four and maybe Skin of a Wrinkle still be up there. I mean, we're only four months in. Yeah, yeah. We still got summer blockbusters, Barbie. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't wait for Barbie. Guardians <laughs> Three. Yeah, uh, Guardians Three uh, is next week. Beast Wars or whatever. Rise of the Beasts. Yeah, Rise of the Beasts. That Scorsese movie. Rise of the Beasts. Rise of the Beasts. <laughs> Transformers. Rise of the Beasts. Yeah. Killers of the Flower Moon. They finally put out two more pictures of, so it's not Ooh, just the same picture. Four of uh, the, them at the table. Hours. <laughs> it's two different angles of them at the. <laughs> Four. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's shorter than Irishman. I'm going to watch like a mini series. I swear to God. Like, you I'm not do even that. lying. I'm going to do it. You can't. Have, have respect for uh, Thelma Schoonmaker's editing. I love yes. Thelma, but <laughs> Listen, she's. I think, Thelma. I think. Didn't Thelma pass away? Or was that. Was that oh, no. That was uh, Quentin Tarantino's. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, no. Did she? <laughs> Thelma's still kicking. Uh, Good. I she have... can't go until Martin goes. And neither of them can die, I believe. <laughs> it I seems have... to be the case. Are you surprised we didn't see what happened when he didn't get water? Or do you think what happens in the movie is what happened when he didn't he didn't actually get water that time? So you think his cum is radioactive because he didn't get water? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think so. I think Potentially. that's right. I, see that. uh, I think it took too long to drink it. I did. I don't know that there's a lot of answers in the text of the film. From the, yeah, I was going to say, also from the space of it, not watching it at the time, but from the space of it, I can really, really, I can really, really appreciate the... Uh, the not getting water being the catalyst of like the most. It's really just yeah. It's really just the cinemized version of that YouTube video of the guy going, "I gotta get the bread and milk." <laughs> I gotta get the bread and milk. Well, there's so much about this movie that revolves around water, including his last name. So him yeah. not getting the water is pretty yeah. pivotal. And his final um, moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he gets a lot of water. Then he gets a lot of water. <laughs> glug glug. I think really flips on him. <laughs> um. Yeah, for me, it's like, I don't know, because everyone's like, it's so weird. It's going to freak you out. And I don't know, I thought it was pretty easy to follow if you just accept that this is either super heightened or he's just bad at telling you what's happening. Yeah. And it's the people fine. who say it's super weird just haven't seen enough weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's like, I mean, this is this is nowhere near as hard to follow as like 
most David Lynch movies. Yeah, yeah. it's very time knife yeah. adjacent where it's like if I went to tell my mom to watch this, it'd be terrible. But if I went to like movie <laughs> yeah. watching friends, they'd be like, yeah, we get like weird abstract existential dread, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like the existential dread is there, but there is like a consistent odyssey structured yeah. Yeah. journey that this guy goes on. And the movie's like, that has defined points throughout. Yeah, I was about to say, it has clear-cut points where, like, yeah. this is a one part of it, and here's right. another part, because he gets knocked out at each part. Yeah. The Jewish Lord of the Rings, as Arya Esther calls yeah. it. Right. <laughs> Turning to his mother's house. Yes. Here's actually... With a, a lot of Albert Brooks. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the things I've seen recently. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so that's Bo is afraid. Ben is afraid it was too short. <laughs> Could have used another 20 minutes of Bo. Apparently it was supposed to be like half an hour longer or something Good. like that. That's and he cut it, yeah. I was yeah. Very, I wonder where those half, that half hour was supposed the, to be. Give me the if cinema score cut. <laughs> I was very thrown off by the pacing of that movie. I thought we were wrapping up when he got to the house and there was about an hour left. <laughs> yeah, you'd think. Yeah. It feels like it should be, but no... Another thing I haven't seen yet, but we'll be seeing this weekend. I promise this is a transition. Then we're going to talk about Walkhard. Um, tomorrow, I'm going to go see the 40th anniversary re-release of Return of the Jedi. Uh, looking forward to that. Should be fun. I wonder which version they're showing. Hopefully one of the good ones. Um, <laughs> oh, you're gonna, you're gonna, I'm pretty sure it's going to be like the newest one. Yeah, yeah you're going to see Hayden probably. Christensen Ghost in there. Yeah. Not, my, my thinking is, yeah, Hayden Christensen Ghost and do they do the song with the CGI person in Java's Palace? Oh, I bet they will. <laughs> we'll see. They love that song. <laughs> yeah, George Lucas loves that song. It's all he listens to. He's a goes. And it's and it's like the weird like three D bits that they're doing where stuff's like coming out of the screen. You're like, this was never shown in three D. <laughs> Co-written by Lawrence Kasdan. His son is Jake Kasdan, who directed oh, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. <laughs> uh, I've seen this movie a bunch of times. It's when it's in the rotation pretty often for me. It came out in 2007, and no one saw it then, but I've seen it a lot since. Yep. Um, how about you guys? Uh, I remember seeing it, I don't know, maybe in 2010. Yeah. I think I just saw it like on television once. And uh, I only just saw it recently today, right before the podcast. <laughs> cool. Uh, I was, I told both of them uh, that uh, I, the first time I, the first time I saw this was mostly like, I had heard a lot of jokes about it without context. Mm -hmm. So like and not even necessarily knowing what movie it was from. So I think like I didn't watch it when it came out and then probably somewhere in the early 10s, I was like, oh, I watched this. And then like rapid fire, all the jokes that I had heard like in the last three or four years like came out. So I was like, oh, that's where wrong kid died. And Edith, I can't build you. Yeah, <laughs> I can't build you a house. Yeah. I can't build you a candy house. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I've probably I think that was the only time I saw it. I loved it. Hadn't seen it since. Uh, of the movies you've been like, oh, can you watch this? You know, movie for this podcast. Uh, besides maybe Wet Hot American Summer, which I've watched, I probably watch like yearly. Um, this was probably the most excited I've been to rewatch something. Mm. Um, just because I was like, I know I loved it. I hope it's aged well. I think it has, and yeah. Uh, this was my first time seeing it, and I'm very, very upset that I didn't watch this earlier. <laughs> Good. Good to hear. I. I love stupid comedy like I love the type of comedy that this movie is where like you get ridiculous things like someone getting chopped in half and still talking like a particularly bad, bad case, case of someone yeah. getting chopped in half um and it it scratches like a similar to like what Hot American Summer, where it's just sure. ridiculous humor um that's just so stupid and not really clever but it's just funny um 
and it has no right to be that funny. I had a great time watching this. <laughs> that's that's great to hear. Uh, who wants to give us a one minute plot summary? Me? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, you're on the clock. Plot's fast pointed at me. Uh, so, uh, so Dewey Cox is a uh, is a guy, a kid, and uh, he chops his brother in half, no context, and then he wants to. He's got blues, so he starts singing the blues, and he becomes famous in a completely normal way uh, for a white person in the fifties. And then he uh, uses that uh, to get on drugs, and then when he gets on drugs, everything goes bad. And then when everything goes bad, um, worse stuff happens to him. And then he has a weird Brian Wilson period in the middle, and then. Uh, he gets on the other side of it, and then he wins the very prestigious Lifetime Achievement Award, and then he dies. Uh, walk hard, walk hard, walk hard. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, it is a send-up of musical biopics. The ones that had come out right before this, Ray and Walk the Line, uh, are probably the biggest ones, but it does like every one that had come out, yeah. basically, at that point. Coal yeah. Miner's Daughter. Even since then, yeah. like the, the newest ones that have come out in the last few years because they've had a resurgence all follow the same format, too. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, the Al Yankovic story. Everyone who gets introduced as a character is the most important person in their life for a time. Yep. They hear a word and go, ah, and then they write a song immediately. <laughs> yeah. Um, this movie's incredible. I love this movie. And it is... I, as far as like big studio movies, probably the only one that stars John C. Riley as an actual star, like the centerpiece of the movie. Yeah, uh, Carnage. No. <laughs> uh, Cedar Rapids. No, that was an Ed Helms movie. Um, we were talking about that though. That it's not like my memory of it was it was the John C. Riley heat check movie of like the oh he's been in a bunch of these movies. He really hadn't. He had been in yeah, 2007. Yeah, I mean, he had had his whole Oscar career. Like, the whole thing with John C. Reilly was weird because he is a very serious stage and mm -hmm. movie actor. He had literally been He's like nominated. doing this while he's doing True West. On yeah, stage yeah. yeah. <laughs> he had been nominated for... I don't think he won. He just was, he nominated. was nominated for Chicago. He was Chicago. nominated for Chicago. He, he was, was in Boogie Nights. He was in Boogie Chicago. Nights. He was in... Um, <laughs> Uh, the Boogie Nights 2, yeah, Let's Boogie the, some the more. Electric Boogie Doo. Uh, the Electric Boogie. Uh, what, what, yeah. what was the Daniel Day-Lewis, Leonardo DiCaprio movie? It's Oh, uh, Gangs of New York. Gangs, yeah. He's in Gangs of New York. Uh, and, you know, then he has Talladega Nights. He has a couple other comedies, I think, too. And, like, stuff like, there's comedy in some of those. Like, Boogie Nights isn't, it's a, definitely a drama, but there's some funny parts of it. Sure, um, yeah. Where, uh, like most PTA movies. Yep. <laughs> so like uh a lot of a, lo a lot of this was kind of an interesting cast because it is really just a, a year after Talladega Nights. Mm -hmm. It's not like Step Brothers hadn't come out yet. You know, there was no actual establishment for him being a comedic actor. So kind of yeah. a lot to put on John C. Riley at the time. Yeah. Uh so Jake Kasdan uh, brought the idea to Judd Apatow. He'd worked with him in Talladega Nights. And he is like a guy who they're like, well, he can do comedy and he's also a really good singer and can play a lot of instruments. So it was his singing. Yeah. Okay. And his guitar singing. Yeah. So he's actually singing and playing oh, in the wow. movie, um, which is why it is so good. And then also they put a ton of effort into making the songs actually good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's a, uh, it's a pretty incredible perf central performance in a movie that, like you said, it's like the dumb comedy stuff yeah. that's going on. So you wouldn't necessarily think that they're looking for like hyper talented people to do the actual music in it, but they did that. And it, it's super bombed when yeah. it came out, yep. Ugh. made like 
it wasn't even that high of a budget and it barely made half its budget. Yeah. I mean, it was made for me in a time where I was watching probably the most movies of my life, which was like high school. Yeah. And it was there. I loved Talladega Nights. I said to myself, oh, I want to see that, but like just never got enough people to go and then just didn't and then I, saw it later. I think it'd be a hard sell because like, what what are you selling on? Here's this guy who isn't a star. Yep. Um, who is the main character in the movie. <laughs> and it's like, He's playing it so not straight because he's still really funny and he's like doing bits and there's a lot of physical comedy also, but it's not like, like what jokes do you pull out Yeah, and that make it, it's, it's too close to the source material that if you just pull it out, you're like, oh, this looks like a particularly bad Oscar bait biopic mm-hmm. <laughs> where everyone is just saying what is happening while it's happening. <laughs> And if you hadn't seen a biopic before that, which at the time I probably hadn't, I hadn't seen, I still haven't seen Ray, to be honest. Yeah. You don't need to. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I had seen Walk the Line when this comes yeah. out. Yeah. So that would help. I probably hadn't. So, yeah. like, that's the kind of thing where it's like, I might have just gone and laughed at the funny bits, like when the kid gets yeah. chopped in half, but I probably wouldn't have enjoyed the nuance of some of yeah. the parody beats. Or, or I should say, when, whenever it was that I watched this for the first time, I had seen Walk, Walk the Line by then, both of which I doubt I saw in theaters. So. Control of tone in this movie is so impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a an absolutely masterfully pitched tone that everyone is perfect, perfectly in sync with. Even like the minor characters, like I don't even know who it is, but like the club manager at, oh. at the all black club that he works oh, at yeah. briefly. <laughs> like every line that guy says has five jokes in it, and he's just playing it like pretty straight. Yeah. But it's just that control of tone that is so perfect throughout. And it makes you wonder why hasn't Jack Caston <laughs> made Jake Caston made any other good movies? Uh, and he's made some okay movies, like a lot of pretty okay movies. And one thing that I really like about this movie compared to like a lot of other comedies is that it doesn't go too crazy. But it still like is crazy, and it's like it plays it straight. But it, like I don't see that in other, in like a lot of comedies. It's either like everything is a joke, so nothing is funny. Yeah. Uh, or it, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think it goes with the tone. I feel like if you're gonna be that goofy, your your like um your diction and stuff also can't be that goofy. Yeah. Um, or else it stops being as funny. Like if you're playing all these jokes. Uh, straight, I think it makes it more funny because then it doesn't seem like you're trying too hard to be funny. All the characters seem like they're like they are part of this world and yeah. they that's what they want to be. Yeah. They're not they're not like trying to just be funny. They right. are just being ridiculous, not on purpose. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's not. It's all very serious to the characters, I guess, yes. is why it's so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, his main bandmates throughout the movie are like I mean like everyone in this movie just sort of a you know a murderer's row of it's <laughs> Tim Meadows, Matt Besser and Chris Parnell yep. who each of whom are usually the funniest guy in a small role in other movies mm. and here they are like doing you know Tim Meadows is so funny yep. yeah <laughs> though his delivery on like you could I mean and I've seen it like on film Twitter or whatever you can pick like one, any of like maybe six or seven line deliveries that he gives. And it's like, well, this is the best line delivery in a comedy ever. <laughs> <laughs> Not once. Not, Not once. once. That's the once. big one, I think. Very, very similar to when he plays the principal in Mean Girls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also, like, he had to. And they, for- and they got like a bunch of guys who can play yeah. parts like that. And that's every role in this movie. Right. <laughs> uh, 
he probably got the role for Never Stop Never Stopping uh, mm-hmm. pop, pop oh, yeah. star yeah. just because Absolutely. they saw this movie and they were sure. like, we just need, like, they all know Tim Meadows. So sure. probably, yeah. Yeah, let's just grab Tim Meadows and do this. <laughs> he that? already yeah. killed basically a similar role for yeah. us. Right. Uh, obviously, you don't want none of this. <laughs> all of his all of his runs about drugs are the natural yeah. next step for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it will give you a boner. <laughs> Those bits. I think that joke was made like what four times, and it yeah. never stopped yeah. being funny. <laughs> like yes. every time, it was just funnier. And usually, like bits can kind of run dry. It's like, well, they already made this joke like a couple times already. No, this one was funny every time. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. I think the most quoted one is the one about weed. Yeah. Yeah. And then also the bit of the cocaine one where it takes all your bad feelings and makes them good feelings. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's so funny. It, it, this is sort of what happens with comedies. Like, do we want to go by, beat by beat through the plot? I think this one's more about tone and performance. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, I'd like to talk about a uh, character actress, Margot Martindale. I I do too. That's where I was going next. <laughs> oh, yes. And the dad from Justified. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I haven't seen Justified, so I couldn't oh, say that. You should watch Justified. Oh, watch Justified. Because Margot Martindale is. Uh, Who? She's the person you just mentioned. Character actress, Margot yeah, ca- Martindale? Character actress, okay. Margot Martindale. That's what she won an Emmy for, was season yeah. two of Justified. Yeah. So. You should watch Justified. I will eventually. <laughs> I'm directing this at you right now, but that goes for everyone. <laughs> I know Walter Goggins. Walton. Damn it. <laughs> Damn him. Don't know him that I one. just know him from Community. <laughs> oh, really? In the third major league movie. You wanted to talk about character actress Margaret Martin. Yes. No. Yeah, I did. Uh, Do it. <laughs> I think she's not in there as much as I would like her to be because uh, she does not. have that tragic death of, <laughs> of her vertigo. <laughs> and then the radio crushing her skull. Underrated, <laughs> underrated joke in the movie yeah. is her, you know, anytime she's regretting that he lost his sense of smell. Yeah. <laughs> but the first time where she's like, you gonna smell blood, son. <laughs> it's every, it's tough because this is, you know, it is going to devolve into like jokes and stuff, but it's so densely packed with jokes mm-hmm. while still like having actually good songs in it. And having like a compelling ish narrative to uh, it's so I tough. I assume you're gonna ask this at some point. Yeah. But do you? Could I ask like what everyone's favorite jo- uh, song was in the movie? Yeah, I mean. Or do you want to uh, save that? The one about um, the I guess the not the the wow I'm stuttering so much because <laughs> I changed my answer in my head. I think the setup to punchline of why don't you ask why Bob Dylan sounds like me and then it cuts to him <laughs> yeah. doing like one to one one to one Dylan impression and then it goes into his song about little people. Yeah. Uh, it's very funny. It is. Uh, I'm sorry, but the correct answer is let's duet. That's my favorite. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's probably, let's, let's do it. It's let's duet. Yeah. <laughs> You let's come on my back so, door. Yeah. Let, let's so that's do best song versus funniest, I guess, yeah. for me. Let's duet is so good that like I'm I'm shocked it wasn't actually just a song that's already happened. Like maybe not yes. with that much like parody to it, but just the 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 let's duet like just as a chorus, you yeah. know, in some point. I don't think maybe it has, but I don't think it's been used before. Yes. Also, I mean very funny, but also working on the level of this sounds like a song that already exists, yep. which so many of these do. Um, and I should mention, I keep saying like all the songs in this are good, but I mean like the way they're capturing the specific period or style or artists that they're aping in it is like 
Even like the, so much attention to detail. The punk version of Walk Hard is good. <laughs> like some kind of <laughs> punk. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, there's, there's always moments in movies like this where you're like, you know, Johnny Cash invented disco. <laughs> um, and it's like, yeah, yeah, well, Dewey Cox invented punk <laughs> in the 50s or 60s, wherever. Um, um, I also, I, I have a very, like, a very, a very um, soft spot for the, the, the early day song that makes all the, all the kids <laughs> super horny. Music? Yeah. Yeah. It's the like, the what, holding hands song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take, take my hands. Take my hands. You know who has hands? <laughs> yeah. The devil. The devil. <laughs> um, but yes, and that's that scene's in Elvis. Yeah. Where, <laughs> where a bunch of women are overcome with hormonal fury. Overcome. Rip, yeah. Ripping their blouses off. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh at overcome because it has come in it. Overcome. You have to cut all the rest of it. Oh, you said hormonal theory or whatever it was. It's, it's a common it noun. <laughs> it works as a double entendre. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't have been a good enough uh, double entendre to make it into the writing for. For let's do it. I want to beat off <laughs> my demons. It's just so funny, and it's like, yeah, it's got that I want to blow you some, some kisses. kisses. <laughs> yeah, it's a great. It's just so good. Yep. Walk hard's good too. Like the song, uh, "Beautiful Ride." Uh, yep. it's, it's just good. a nice song. Yeah. And confronting mortality. Or yeah, yeah. it seemed very Warren Zevon esque. Like, well, for the last album, for sure. <laughs> And of course, Neil Young is the wise prophet Ezekiel. I like Eddie, yeah. Eddie Vedder's whole intro to that. It's so yep. funny. Uh, uh, this is, again, at the end. But, um, yeah, we're skipping around uh, today, guys. Sorry, sorry Greg. <laughs> when Dewey is fighting off the temptations, and then he's... Oh, my God. Like, oh, that was so fucking funny. Oh, my God. That was one of the... That's one of the best jokes that, uh, in that movie. I think that's my favorite that's joke. That's actually the temptations. They give yep. the temptations so much time, too. It's not yep. like- Well, because you got the actual temptations yeah. there. So... Because you could have just had a group of men singing My Girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, well, we have the actual Temptations here, so you're going to get a whole chorus of My Girl. Do we want to go over maybe best cameo? Because there's a ton. Jack White. There's so much. Yeah. <laughs> Purposely miscast Jack White. Only two kinds of people know The Chinese and the king. <laughs> and I'm the king. And I'm one of them. I like to think that they didn't give him any lines, because I've yeah. seen Jack White in concert. He is that insane. Yeah. That was such a terrible Elvis impression, too. That's the point. They purposely miscast Elvis and obviously, I mean, the Beatles. The Beatles. I was going to bring up the Beatles because that might be one of my favorite scenes in the movie. That their their accents are horrible. Like Imagine Paul Rudd's not trying to get anywhere close. No, yeah. and it's amazing. That whole scene is so funny. I don't I don't know why, but they are purposely doing a bad job. Yeah. I love that Jack Black, for one line, switches to Scottish yeah. and then switches back afterwards. Um, so, yeah, and it's uh, Justin Long and Schwartzman, Schwartzman. Right, yeah. So I got confused because David Krumholtz is also in this movie, and yeah. I wanted to say that when I said Jason Schwartzman. Do you do you think? 
I do want to. And then my second favorite joke is when this Kermos is what comedy podcast evolved into. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> when Kermos dies at the very end, and then it comes his ghost back joins. in as a force ghost. Yeah. 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 All the force ghosts are funny. Krumholtz is only good in movies he dies in. <laughs> this is the end. Yep. That's it. Yep. That's we, it. Santa Claus 2, he famously gets murdered. Um, if we're going to talk favorite scenes, my favorite scene is literally the very, very end where he dies three minutes after the concert. <laughs> and it's just on the screen. Uh, Dewey Cox dies three minutes after the report. That, that's yeah. fucking hilarious. And then, it, and then it's like Dewey Cox, 1937 yeah. to 2006 or whatever. <laughs> Um, did you guys stay for the post credits sequence? I did. I did. I didn't. And we didn't. Yeah, uh, I meant to tell you about it before the podcast. I, I thought we got th- like really far in the credits. No, what was the post credits? It's uh, it's like footage of the real Dewey Cox, like like how music biopics always have like footage you of the real person that, at the you? end. Oh, if you did, I was in the bathroom or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've seen it Cox? since. Yeah. It's just also John C. Riley. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but he just... has a different voice. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um, Great. I re- yeah, uh, I, I do think we should talk a little bit about the beginning because I think the beginning is yeah, let's do the, yeah, the beginning's probably points. my favorite. We haven't part. mentioned Kristen Wiig. Yeah, for yeah. Uh, this is this is early SNL, not breakout Kristen Wiig, and yeah, there, <laughs> there's the whole part with the little kids and the kids like talking about how great his life's gonna be. I'm gonna That's the great thing about being young; you got so much time to do things. <laughs> One of my favorite parts was early on. I paused it for some reason on Amazon, and it said like Dewey age eight. And the other name was just like Nate. <laughs> it didn't say like Nate age eight. And yeah, I, like, I think oh, Jonah Hill's credited as old Nate. Yeah, <laughs> ghost Nate. <laughs> It might be Ghost Nate, yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, the the line read of this is a particularly bad case of being cut in half is so good. <laughs> all the wrong kid died. Yeah, stuff. all good. Um, also, I guess for bits to stray back away from the plot, go back to bits. Uh, every time he rips a uh, he rips a sink. Yeah. Off. In, in every act, and then the final act, he rips like an entire bathroom's worth, or like yeah. public bathrooms worth of sinks off. Yeah. Um, so he goes into that dark period after Jenna Fisher leaves oh, him yeah, the first time. Uh, so yeah, why she's really good in this? Yeah. So what, what happens? Yeah. So again, I guess the office just took up most of her time. I mean, that's fair. This is she's still in the office for a long time after this. Yeah. yeah. Oh seven. Yeah. I think the office ended in like early tens. I think so. Like Thirteen or so. But um, it's funny because right around this time, I feel like there was a lot of Jenna Fisher vehicles that they were like, oh, she can be like a love interest. Like not. A, I don't think there was that many things that she starred in, mm-hmm. but she's in Blades of Glory. She's in Hall this. Pass. She's in Hall Pass. Hall Pass is probably the was like her last chance. And it just slither yeah, weird. Yeah. <laughs> Just weird. James Gunn movies. I don't know. Oh, she's good in this, so who knows? she's she's kind of good in Blades of Glory. She doesn't have as much to do. She has way more to do here. Yeah, she has a lot more to do here. But she's still not. It's still not like uh, a co lead in a rom com amount of screen time. No. Um, yeah, I don't think. So. Yeah, she plays. She's the straight girl, pretty good and stuff. But this shows that she at least has chops. Um, now she has a podcast. She's got a podcast, a very successful podcast, which got her. Uh, assumedly was one of the main reasons why she's in the new Mean Girls uh, musical movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she'll be playing Regina George's mom, I think. Or, Regi- or yeah, no. I think it's Katie's mom. She's playing Katie's mom. Yeah. That's right. That makes way more sense. Oh, okay. But the Mean Girls. Anna Gasteyer, Anna Gasteyer part. Yeah. yeah, Mean Girls musical movie. Yeah, based off the musical, not the movie. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. 
It's good. But yeah, and she does she does really good. She doesn't have she doesn't have a ton of one-liners, but she doesn't really need to. No, she has like almost no she jokes, I guess, but she has some good line delivery. I like every time that she's punching him and stuff. Yeah. That's always funny. <laughs> I like when they're on the friends. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, I like when yeah. they're on the tour bus and they're sleeping in the same bunk and she's yeah. just right on top of them. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta sleep somewhere. Um and then yeah, I like at the end when he gets his sense of smell back and she screams yeah. oh it's, a <laughs> it's a miracle. Um so yeah, that stuff's all good. I don't I don't know what to do, guys. It's just the plot is what it is. It's yeah. in there. They go through different periods, aping different styles, and it's so good that it ruined biopics for a long time afterwards. Yep. Yeah. And retroactively ruined a lot of ones that came before. <laughs> um I think the ones that have been most I'm moving to more like world context now. Um <laughs> I think the ones that have been successful since then have been ones like Elvis that are just leaning all the way in. Like, I feel like Boz Lerman's the ultimate, like Eminem at the end of eight mile. He's like, what? I'm going to say all this shit about myself. What can you say about me now? Um, um, and so Boz Lerman's like, I'm going to do all the cliched stuff turned up to 11 and I'm going to do it all multiple times. <laughs> um, whereas like, I feel like Bohemian Rhapsody just is so inert and just kind of nothing that you can really take from it. Yeah. That one particularly is uh, like a bad, ex- not just one of the lowest lows. Yeah. When I say successful, I know that made a ton of money and won yeah. a bunch of awards, but I just mean successful in terms of like quality being a good movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was fine. I did like Rami Malek as, uh, as Freddie Mercury, but it was fine. I much preferred a uh, rocket man. Sure. Uh, love Taron Egerton in that. Um, even though, um, um, forgot his name elton john elton john um elton john said that that movie was like way too pg a version of his life yeah Um, otherwise they couldn't have gotten it made right um i haven't seen elvis yet but i've heard it's really really good and like his daughter even like came out and said like this is probably the the only good portrayal of my father um so i do have to catch that at some point and i I love austin butler i don't think it's a good movie but i had a great time watching it i'm a little more lukewarm on that movie uh because i i I like bros lerman style but it is like a lot of bros lerman style Mm -hmm. like i I, like after 30 minutes i was like oh no i have so much more of this what else has he made uh, Moulin Rouge. That's the big uh, one. The Great yeah. Strictly Ball. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, Australia. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but the, yeah, the big one would be Moulin Rouge. Gotcha. So it's it's big, bombastic, very bold choices, and a lot Definitely of people like it. <laughs> do not work with that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's moments where there's what, like 12 different things happening? Yeah. Like uh, like comic book cell styles? There's I think like, there's huh. like 50 different shots of a, like something spinning, like a record or a Ferris wheel, and then it cuts to like an eye, and then the eye like does something else. <laughs> that is a lot. <laughs> and you're, not, you're never going to believe this, <laughs> but the accent that Tom Hanks is doing in that is not how that guy actually sounded. The guy just <laughs> had like a normal Americanized accent. Um but it's so funny. I think Tom Hanks gives a great performance of that movie, and everyone's like, this guy has never been worse. He's got to check his shit out. Uh, I liked it more than his performance in uh, A Man Called Otto. All right. Well, let's get back to stuff we can... Let's get to stuff we can use on the recording. <laughs> so, Craig Robinson is in this. Um, I couldn't Bobby hear... Uh, how does he break his hands? 
yeah, he, he, he goes really quickly through it. You shouldn't have punched your landlord, and then there's something else. But I didn't catch the other one. Yeah. I think it was something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, that whole sequence is pretty like he pretty good because he's it's an I think there's like another one where he's a joke that he's still a kid like and he looks he like I think, I think John, when he's in rehab when he's like I'm a tw- I'm 21 years old <laughs> yeah. like John C Riley was probably like in his late 30s early 40s when he made that movie and he looked 60 <laughs> that's just how his face <laughs> that's just how he looks yeah um I really like the Brian Wilson bit yep it's funny I hate to just be like I like this bit it's funny. But I did, and it is. Um, and I like the bit where they're all breaking up with him. And we, we mentioned the joke before, but yeah. Tim Meadows keeps coming back to he never paid for drugs, not yeah. once. Mm-hmm. He sleeps with Matt Besser's wife. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, oh, we should trade. Like, this is my wife. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> uh, it's all good. But overall, um, what do you guys think about musical biopics in general? Because it's it's such a like a cottage industry that produces Oscars. Um, I've seen a decent amount because I am trying to still watch all the movies that have been nominated for Best Picture. Right, yeah. Um, and by and large, I don't care for them. They do follow just this formula that I don't find it too interesting. I will say I do actually like the Coal Miner's Daughter. Yeah. Um, That's Loretta Lynn? Yes. Okay. Uh, but outside Sissy of that Spacek one. Sissy Spacek is like Yep, yep. Name. And I really do like Sissy Spacek in that and uh, Timely Jones. Um, outside of that, it's like, and I'm kind of not a big fan of the performances in a lot of them. Like, I think they're good, but a lot of them are just like, oh, wow, they are just like the person that they're imitating. And I'm like, that feels like a, like a softball kind of like easy thing to do or not an easy thing, but yeah, I like it becomes more impression than performance. Yes. And I will say Austin Butler in Elvis, I thought was really good because I don't think he's just trying to do like a performance that they're trying to get into some kind of. The, the, there's some interior life. It's yes. not just an impression. Yes. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I unfortunately haven't really seen a ton. I just looked through a bunch. Or maybe fortunately. Yeah, like I've just has seen them all and likes one. Yeah, while Vaz, <laughs> while Vaz was was talking, I was like, I'm just googled music biopics and just scrolled through a bunch, trying to remind myself of ones I had seen besides Rocket Man, and I didn't really see any I'd seen. I like Rocket Man. I, I like Rocket yeah, Man. Like I've been I like told it changes the formula yeah. a bit too. So yeah, and like that was it's part so of yeah, the, being a jukebox musical. Yeah, having not had not seen anything about it before I saw it, and like yeah, like it's a jukebox musical. They're just kind of like getting into situations where they can play Elton John songs while kind of going through his life in a pretty, I wouldn't say abstract manner, but yeah, it's it's definitely not, not they're not like five years later and it's this, it's very snappy cut, a little abstract here and there. Yeah. Um, I think some parts are better than others, but I think the crocodile rock bit is great when everyone starts floating. Everyone starts floating. I think it it captures the feeling of like discovery and live music in a really interesting way. Yeah. I, so I just love musical movies, even if like they're not musicals, but the music is like a very heavy like theme in them. Um, I don't, I haven't seen a lot of uh, music biopics. Like I saw Rocketman and I really liked it. I saw Bohemian Rhapsody and it was fine. I remember these are older um, and I haven't seen them in a while, but I remember liking the Runaways and I remember liking the Selena movie with Jennifer Lopez in them. Um, But aside from that, I feel like, if you really stick to that formula, they just become so soulless. Um, and I think that was the issue with like Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, but that's uh, why I'm excited to watch Elvis. Cause like you said, it seems like it was more of a performance, which I would rather watch than just someone trying to do an impression. So, yeah, I think that's fair. 
Uh, yeah, I think for general audiences, there's definitely some novelty in being like, look how much this guy looks like this guy. Right. Uh, it's not just musical biopics, but biopics in general are so overrepresented in the best what actor or actress categories. Uh, Judy for uh, Renee Zellweger. Yeah, or a movie that just like doesn't exist in the cultural yep. consciousness. Um, and yeah, Renee Zellweger just like came out of soft retirement and was like, I'm going to win an Oscar. All right, peace. And like we never heard from her again. Um and yeah, so it's kind of like a movie like this is great because now you can be like, yes, everyone knows that these are just like formulaic bullshit. <laughs> um, and that's what makes this movie so funny is that there's so many moments that are in common between all these types of movies that just by calling it out, not even like adding a punchline, but just acknowledging it is the punchline, which is why I think Walk Hard works so well. Uh, Look at that. I move, I pulled it back together. <laughs> And um, to talk about another one that is also like a spiritual yeah. sequel to Walk Hard. I also the thought Rocket Man was fun. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, the Weird Al. Uh, um, oh, Weird, the one the with Daniel Radcliffe. Al yeah. I forgot. I did want to watch that too. I love Radcliffe. Yeah, I think he's great. Yeah. Um, and it does a lot of these like mm-hmm. uh, poking fun of the parodies or not. I mean, doing the parody of all the tropes and all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah. it goes even wilder than this. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, yeah, I like that even though this movie came out in 2007 and people recognize like how ridiculously for, uh, formulaic these movies are, they're still doing the same yep. formula. I mean, they like, did stop for a Rhapsody while after he just it. does this. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they did stop, but like they came oh, right yeah, they back came back, doing yeah. the same thing. They were like, this is Came back strong. <laughs> even the uh, Straight Outta Compton uh, biopic was I still haven't seen formulaic. that. I actually really wanted to watch that. Yeah. The, um, the unofficial Celine Dion movie that came out i want to say last year i think it's called like eileen <laughs> that is um i guess a very famous two french canadians actress or very famous to french people um that plays that it feel it's i don't think supposed to be a parody but it is the same idea where i believe this woman is 50 and she plays celine dion starting as a teenager through the rest of her life <laughs> is um, it supposed to be a parody it's not. I think it's supposed to be straight. Oh. However, the actress I think is a comedic actress, huh. but I think she's just like a big Celine Dion yeah. fan also. <laughs> uh, and I think she might have also like directed it. And I think it's called Eileen. And That's I keep so saying, funny. and I think this is true. Um, so as always, I'll I'll Google that before the episode comes out. And if none of that's true, I'll just get it right out. <laughs> anyway, um, so every month I'm going to think of a question to ask that's on the theme. This month, I don't have one yet. If you remember last month, I well, I already said this to you. I just I'm just in my mind I'm like, oh, we're gonna cut that out, but I don't have to say it again. I already told you guys this part. Uh, it was the thing about aliens and what you'd give them. Um, for this month, I don't really have a thing. So I came up with. I don't think it's as strong as that one was. So if you guys have any ideas, but I came up with like, would you want to go to a performance by these characters? For Godouille, yeah, I would. Yeah, is it, he meant the punk. It's not as interesting a question because it's un, it's unironic. Because like in that, if we're living in that world, he's supposed to be legit famous, not like well, a that's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So probably not actually. <laughs> yeah, I want to be into it. Uh, it's interesting because so like I think what is it? He's lives, he like is born like the thirties and he dies in like the nineties. It kind of seems like no, no, it's two thousand seven. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. that. Yeah, okay. yeah, he's seventy one. It was okay. third, 36 to 2007. Oh, okay. yeah. So, and he was God. born in 38. It's crazy to think how far, how long ago 2007 was that someone in the 30s was just 
as yeah. old as my dad is now. <laughs> yeah, but um, sixteen years. Yep. Uh, but um, the uh, yeah, uh, I I probably like maybe like this. It's kind of funny because like I think that in this universe he's got to be a huge star. Like maybe not as big as like the Beatles, but like. I guess I guess they're probably trying to mirror Johnny Cash the most. Uh, Jenna Fisher is essentially June. Yeah, June, well, uh, yeah, Cash, she's yeah. doing the June Carter Cash thing. Yeah, we didn't talk about pre-breakout Jane Lynch just just <laughs> firing fastballs in this movie, but she's very funny. But yep. you can't be like you know. We also didn't talk about Nat Faxon. Like, <laughs> at a Darryl, point, he's yeah. an Oscar winner. <laughs> There's got to be a line. Right, yeah. Him and Jim Rash. We Rash, actually right? didn't talk about Jonah Hill showing up in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I think just because we already texted about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. I love how angry he is. Yeah. yeah. Bree, would you go to a performance by these characters? Um, probably not. It's not my genre of music. Um, yeah. Yeah, I. If I the I think the only live performances I've seen are metal. So maybe if they would have done that punk era in that <laughs> bit, um, I would have seen them. But no. <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I'd probably be down. I'm down for like the repertory tours of you know these kinds of guys. If if the real life version was more Neil Diamond, probably not. <laughs> but the version that's kind of Johnny Cash and Bob Dylan and <laughs> a bunch of other guys, and yeah. But if, if it's the novelty act that's doing Starman in an astronaut costume, I probably wouldn't be down. For that. <laughs> we didn't even talk about the. Uh, the kind of murderer's row of Jewish people that they have playing. <laughs> oh, <the> man. <laughs> Martin, they got Martin Starr and probably, like, I think Simon, is it Simon Helberg? Simon Helberg. Uh, probably, like, the first season of Big Bang Theory had yep. been out, so he wasn't big. Martin Starr was, like, a known commodity from Freaks and Geeks, but he hadn't had his renaissance, shall we say. Yeah, yeah but he was friends with Judd Apatow. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. not really Harold Ramis. Yeah, I was going to say, that's... <laughs> Just a murderer's room. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's more to me. I'm like, oh, that they got like that has aged great. Like when you first watched yes. that, you were probably like, oh, I kind of know that guy from something mm. maybe versus and Harold Ramis, obviously. But now yeah, it's yeah, yeah. like, oh, I know all these guys and they're all famous. Oh, man. OK, well, hey, you know what? This is a good movie. Let's get to ratings every week. We'll get some ratings and we'll put them on our letterbox at least to the movies. That's the number two. Find us on letterboxd. Really hard to find anyone on Letterboxd? Do your best. <laughs> um, and if you can, I'm not going to blame you. <laughs> on a scale of 0.5 to 5, on any scale of your choosing, going up in half increments, uh, what would you give this movie as long as it's not stars? I'll start. I will give it um, four Beatles and a half of Eric Clapton <laughs> out of five Beatles and a full Eric Clapton. <laughs> Great. Uh, I'm probably going to give it 4.5 particularly bad cases of being cut in half. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. It's a good one. Um, I am also going to give it a 4.5 uh, candy houses out of five. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I'm also on 4.5 non-habit forming drugs out of five. <laughs> uh, we liked this movie a lot. That's yeah, great. it's it's not in my top tier like like uh, I think I like Wet Hot more from like this parody style mm. and that's like where my five goes if yeah. more my like it's not quite there but it is damn close and it is damn close. it is really and like I said before it's just so impressive how it locks into a tone and it mm. doesn't deviate at all for the yeah. it's like a two hour long movie which I feel like if you're thinking of parody movies it's really tough to sustain what is sent what is essentially one joke for two <laughs> yeah. hours yeah. 
And I think we, it seems like we all watched the unrated version because I, yeah. I believe the, the normal dog. version yep. is uh, <laughs> just an hour and 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I like this version. I don't Same. know what the differences are. I'm I assuming it's a lot of the nudity. Yeah. Um, and then I guess 28 minutes of something else. <laughs> I imagine a lot of the 70s stuff is probably cut a bit too. Sure. Yeah. Oh, Skylar Cassandra's in this movie. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. I, was, I, 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 for, I almost forgot yep. to bring it up. But yes, and yet Little another movie Skylar, with yep. Skylar Cassandra. <laughs> yep. As the Dewdrop. Sc- the Skylar Cassandra verse <laughs> continues. Yes. To the point that Brie yelled, I th- like that's Skylar Cassando. And I was like, it can't Little be. Baby <laughs> <Skylar>. <laughs> no, it can't, it can't possibly uh, be not one of the most, that dopey child. One of the most freckled children there are. Um, God, yeah. I will say it's I thought it was funny. I knew nothing about this movie going into it. I'd never heard great, of it. Great. Nothing. Um, and I think the only things I had seen John C. Riley in were Stepbrothers and Talladega Nights. Um, but I had watched those and then um, I will say this is really lame, but his check it out with Dr. Steve Brule <laughs> freaked me out. I don't know what it There was just something so weirdly ominous about that show and it being on at like two in the morning. And like when I was in high school, like half asleep, that just felt like a fever dream that that kind of made me nervous about watching this movie because like I had such a weird image of John C. Riley in my head. <laughs> That's, that's that's fair. He's <laughs> he's in a weird amount of gifts for a guy who isn't like yeah. super famous. He does. I think that show specifically has the gif of him looking so confused. Many. That's used a lot for. Yeah. That's used a lot. Yeah, that show um, for some reason just weird vibes. I think it's him saying "Yup" from Step yeah, Brothers from is Step a big Brothers one too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Have you watched Chicago anytime recently? Uh, probably in the last three years. Okay. Does it hold up? Is it still yeah, good? No, it's still good. Okay. I like that movie. You should check out Chicago. He's great in it. At least. Yeah. I, I, Positive, he's still great in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just should also check out uh, Boogie Nights. He's also great in that. He doesn't oh, have a true. ton to do in Boogie Nights, but no, he, he does. No. <laughs> he, he's he's in that a lot. <laughs> Is he? Yeah. Speaking he's of dogs, am I right? Mark uh, Wahlberg in the in all the films. Yeah, but you not know what they do. Speaking of dogs, am I right? I'm going to keep saying read, it's acknowledged. Read wrong, child. <laughs> Until it's acknowledged, I'm going to have to keep saying dogs. Um, yeah, so we like this movie a lot. If you liked, um, if you like this movie, go see. If, <laughs> yeah, go see it. It's in theaters near you. No, it's not. It's on. Uh, I got it from Apple, and it didn't say whether or not it was the unrated cut, but I'm assuming it is. I yeah. bought it on it. It was like thir- it was one of those ones like you can rent it for four, you can buy it for thirteen. I'm like, I'll probably watch this three times in my life. Yeah, so that, I, I thought about it too, but it was like earlier today, and I was like, I just got to get this on. Let's yeah. just go. Um, yeah, yeah, if you like dumb comedies, definitely watch it. But if you're someone that like hates that kind of like like that nonsense kind of like dumb slapstick, you're, you're gonna fucking hate this. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah, uh, there's definitely people that don't like that kind of humor. That's just it's too stupid. <laughs> fortunately, none of that is us. But I think yeah. that's a good point to make. If so, you know. Yeah. It's a disclaimer, so people can't be yeah. mad if they like and it. Yeah. They don't like that kind of. And you don't have to have watched a lot of musical biopics either. Oh, I don't no. think. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, I enjoyed it, and I haven't seen a lot of. Them. I, I know I, the beats. Yeah, but I'm sure a ton of people our age don't get the Brian Wilson thing. Yeah, but true. it doesn't matter. No, if, you, uh, there's enough. You pe- get that it's like a thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. You there's enough people like, that have freaked out over a magnum opus that you're kind of. You don't need to know the direct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Comparison. Right. Yeah. Or you can just listen to that bare naked lady song. I'm uh, in bed yes. just like Brian Wilson. Did. <laughs> yeah, it's called Brian Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. You need to know very little about the smile sessions to, to <laughs> understand what's happening there. Um, great movie. And I guess we're just about done here. Any any final thoughts on this movie or any of the other many, many things we've talked about? 
Uh, I want to watch Bo is Afraid, but with John C. Riley as Bo. You <laughs> could be but, too funny. <laughs> what if they did an Ari Aster uh, parody movie with John C. Riley as the lead? I think we got something here. Yeah. We just need to get Adam McKay on board. Come on, Adam. Find something political to talk about in this movie. Thanks for being on. We had Bree, Sam, and Vaz. Thank you Thank for having you. us. Uh, yeah, go see movies. Um, I don't have a sign off yet. It's that's fine though. We all died three minutes after the podcast. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> We're gonna end. Bye. <laughs>